0: is another two-part episode. The first and main part of the episode, we are joined by Janae Angel from New Orleans, Louisiana. Janae has been bartending for over a decade now in the French Quarter, and Janae also creates educational social media content, which you can find on Instagram at Janae.Angel, and that is spelled J-N-A-I dot A-N-G-E-L-L-E. In 2021, Janae started her own company called Pretty Magic Cocktails to offer high-quality cocktail and spirits education classes to the public. Make sure you check the show notes for links to both. For the second part of the episode, we are joined once again by the returning Yelena Anter from Cocktail Vision. Yelena talks about some of the recent trade shows she's attended and some of the new products she's bringing to market. You can find out more about Yelena and her brand, Cocktail Vision, on Instagram, at cocktail.vision. Enjoy the show.
1: Okay, welcome to another episode of the industry podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. What's happening, buddy?
0: Uh, not too much. Just another exciting day at work, as always, uh, which kind of cuts into my free time. But what can you do?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah,
0: sure, it sure yeah. does. Uh, how, about things, how are things going with you?
1: Let me tell you something. I'm just going to go on a mild rant about oh, what? That. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what's, what's it this week? This week, uh, my rant is dedicated to the AGCO. Which is for anyone who doesn't know who you had to deal with to get a liquor license in Ontario, mm-hmm. where we are from Kitchener, Ontario. I'm working on a new project right now and trying to get a, li- a liquor license transfer completed. Mm-hmm. Fill out a fuck ton of forms on their website, submit everything, including the thousand bucks they want just to transfer a liquor license, which is oh, really? cash grab. And then they get back to me. A week later, like no, no rush, no rush on that, and it's just requesting me all this additional information. So the three things they requested, one was reasonable, was something that was not submitted, actually only slightly reasonable. We had submitted the form, but we didn't submit it in the fashion that they wanted us yeah. to. So that was a whole new thing. Then they, then there was a whole new form that they asked for, which just was just like my signature and the date and the name of my company, which mm. that information is included on every single form I've already submitted, but they needed a separate form yeah. just with that information. And mm. then another one where they were like uh, the trend, they wanted a proof of transfer of ownership, which is fine, but I it leads me to believe why didn't they just ask for it in the first place? Like when oh. I'm going through the process and originally, why do they have to come back? And now I have to resubmit this whole thing and wait another week or two for them to get back to me
0: Well, our illustrious premier did say he's cutting the red tape for corporations and businesses is that right same, yeah he's so. done a hell of a job of
1: that. <laughs> fuck me anyway that's the end of my rant the agco is maybe one of the worst organizations around uh as is the lcbo their subsidiary which sells all their shit fuck them both uh and uh But we will continue to have to work with them.
0: Oh, this is starting out with a bang. Yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah. But the rest of our show is going to be much more (laughs) lighthearted. We have a great guest, as always, joining us in just a little bit. Janae Angel will be here. You will remember her from uh, our episode at Tales of the Cocktail. But she is going to be joining us in just a second. Before we get to her, uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, just DM us at the industry podcast or email us at the industry info at the industry club. That's also the places, those are the places to reach us for sponsorship as well. If you like what we're doing here, subscribe, rate, review. That helps tremendously. Zach Hanna, ZachHanna.co. He is the man behind all our artwork on the Instagram page. So check him out for all your graphic art needs. And thanks as always to Zach. And finally, if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, you're going to want to check out Sugar Run. It's a speakeasy downtown Kitchener. And Babylon Sisters, which is a wine and cocktail lounge uptown Waterloo, and stay tuned. If I ever get this fucking AGCO shit dealt with, then there might be a new announcement for another spot to visit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure at this rate it'll be by episode 246. That's right. So it's <laughs> 146. So uh,
1: yeah, we should uh, check out the archives as well. Ron McInlay was on last week, and he is the executive chef at Canoe Restaurant in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, we had I don't even know.
0: Oh Stephanie Suitless. that oh, was in like right. person For one. For sure, yeah, a little that. mushroom catering. Yeah, that's right. Then we had uh, Raven Dales, Meredith Barry,
1: Danny Posey. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. slew of great episodes. Go back and check them out. Yeah, Monty Burrow too. That was a great one. I like that was that one. a great one. Yep. Uh, okay, and uh, so check those all out in our archives, and let's just get to our current guest, Janae Angel. How are you, Janae?
2: Good, happy to be here.
1: Yeah, it's lovely to see you again.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining the show. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: So last time we hung out, it was in New Orleans at Peixos. Um, yes. And you were immersed in Tales of the Cocktail, which is like, obviously the biggest deal probably for you going on in your native city of New Orleans. So. Talk to us a little bit about how you got involved in Tales of the Cocktail. We'll start there, and then we'll get into a little bit of your career.
2: Yeah, I think so. My first foray with Tales of the Cocktail was in 2021. I actually hosted the Spirited Awards that year. It was virtual. So me and the co-host, Miss Frankie Marshall, we were on camera the whole time. There was a really small audience in the courtyard of the Jewel of the South. I don't know if you you, uh, visited that restaurants um while you were here but it's it's beautiful and the cocktails are great the food's good um but that's where the awards were in 2021 and then uh fast forward to 2022 and i'm working 10 events in uh five days
1: (laughs) that's crazy yeah
2: yeah it was i I don't know how i did it and i don't remember going to sleep or you know waking up but here i am (laughs) i'm still alive i survived
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So like, how does that process happen? How do you start? Like, first of all, how did you get approached about doing the, the virtual version of it? And then how does that develop into you essentially doing that many events in a week?
2: Yeah. Honestly, it took me by surprise. I don't think I really knew many people at Tales of the Cocktail. I, um, I believe the year before I was on the judging panel of the spirited awards for, um, or at least the committee, I was on the central committee for the spirited awards. So I I felt very fortunate to do that. And then the next year they called me and asked me to host and I was, I was surprised, but I, I guess somebody had been talking about my videos probably. And, you know, my, my camera presence and I was probably like, well, she's local, you know, she probably could be really, done on camera
1: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) fair enough okay so how did you get started in the service industry
2: actually it was uh oh what's what's 2023 11 years ago I've been Mm -hmm. no uh 13 years ago I've been bartending for 11 years but I started out as a hostess I I needed a job in college you know I had some friends who worked at a restaurant and they got me a hosting job I hated it so I went up <laughs> to serving and I did that for a year and a half hated that and then I started bartending and hated it but kept doing it <laughs> which is which is interesting to say because you know there's levels to bartending right and I I was bartending at the the lowest of levels you know not super complicated things it was just uh very uh, banal and rudimentary and then when i finally got a job i believe around 2017 in a cocktail bar it was like somebody opened a door you know Mm. i finally learned about classic and craft cocktails i started learning about individual spirits education all kinds of things that i i didn't even know i i could know about you know and Mm. then once once that came about it just i just you know i went with it
1: right (laughs) Uh, so that's 2017. So, what was mm-hmm. the first cocktail bar that you started working at?
2: It was a bar called Kingfish um, in the French Quarter of New Orleans. I uh, quit my job before that. I was working at um, Archie Manning's restaurant, ironically, and in, um, hmm. in uh, Uptown New Orleans. I the work environment and no, no shame to Archie. But the work environment was horrible. My boss was <laughs> horrible. I was just like, F it. I'm leaving. Y'all suck. Yeah. so <laughs> I quit my job next day. I just went out with my resume and just started going to some French Quarter bars. I ended up on Kingfish and the bartenders look like they make money. So I was like, cool, I'll just apply here. And then, uh, you know, everything else is history.
1: <laughs> right. So when you go from like a bar like Archie, like I don't know the Archie Manning bar, but like it's probably mm-hmm. more like. Pulling pints and, like... uh yeah, yeah,
2: definitely a sports bar.
1: Yeah. so
2: Beers and shots.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Chicken wings.
1: Chicken wings, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, so. lots of chicken wings.
1: <laughs> so when you go from there and, like, all of a sudden you're in, working in a place that's doing, like, craft cocktailing, uh talk to us a little bit about the learning curve there because you're kind of, like, getting thrown to the fire. It's like, oh, yeah, I know how to bartend. But then it's, like, a whole yeah. new world when you start doing cocktailing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, to this day, I still don't know why they hired me. I have no clue. (laughs) I do. I do give a good interview, though. And that's that's (laughs) always I've never I've never not gotten a job. And I think it's because I show my tenacity in the interview. Oh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> but <clears> they <throat> took a chance on me. And uh to say I was o- overwhelmed is to say the least because I, I I honestly didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I thought I knew, you know, you make old fashions, but then when you learn how to make them correctly, it's like, what was I doing? Right. Right. Yeah. So there was no manual. There was no, you know, there was a training manual which taught me, you know, about the food, the food items, and how to describe menu cocktails, but there was no recipe to becoming a, a, a an educated uh, classic cocktail and craft cocktail bartender. So I just took it day by day. I still do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll I I never I never lied to anyone. If I didn't know something, I would say I don't know, and then the next day I would know because I'd go home and look it up. So that right. was kind of that was kind of how I progressed at first. You know, I would, uh, you know, mess up um, what's like New Orleans cocktail. Maybe I re- messed up a Ramos Gin Fizz, but the next day I was making it correctly ever since that. Um, right. And it was just about taking it day by day. And then after a while, once I finally got a hang of it, I started um, buying cocktail books. Uh, for example, I bought Imbibe to learn a little bit about cocktail history. Um, that was probably the first book. Um that I bought. I also bought books like um Jim Jim Meehan's uh Bar Manual. That was another one that helped me a lot. And just, you know, some basic, general bartending books to teach me basics, but from real professionals.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: So
2: that's really how I learned that.
1: And is this are you going to school at the same time you went to LSU, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I was I was supposed to be a dentist.
1: Oh, really? That's what you went to school for? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, you have nice it, teeth. It sure is.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know the science—the science background helps out a lot,
1: for sure. Yeah, It
2: really does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you get the science degree, and that uh, certainly that would help with learning, like uh, about molecular uh, ways to mm-hmm. make cocktails, etc. Did you f- finish school? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. No, I got a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So when you were done, and you're like, like, what, what? At what point did you decide? Okay, maybe I'm just going to do this. Bartending thing instead of like becoming a dentist. What was the sort of? uh, Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think, I think it was uh, mostly part to maybe like a quarter life crisis. I think I was like (laughs) 23, 25, like, man, am I really going to go back to school? Because I was going in between studying for the DAT or trying to study for the DAT. And I was actually telling somebody this um, the other day how the service industry just isn't good for your mental or your physical health, right? Because you think that it's not like, it's not like a regular desk job, right? No. So when you bartend, you're you're physically worn out and you're also mentally worn out from Mm. having to, you know, use your brain, explaining cocktails to people and just remembering recipes and all those other things. So when I would try to study for the DAT, I was burned out, Mm -hmm. you know? I I, I should have picked something easier to do.
3: (laughs) But yeah, around,
2: I want to say around, you know, 24 to 25, I'm 32 now around 24, 25, I decided, you know, I'm so burnt out. There's no way that I can study in the timeframe that I want to study to go back to school. So I'm going to try out this bartending thing for a while. It seems interesting, you know, people, it seems like there's opportunity here. So I'm going to try it out and see where it takes me. And then that year, I decided to travel five, um, that year, I think, um, 2017, 2018, between those two years, I went to Kentucky. I think I went to Kentucky twice to learn about whiskey. I went to Guadalajara to learn about, um, tequila, I had been to Wisconsin for a gin camp. I was just doing everything that wow. I needed to do, you know, to learn what I could learn and see the opportunities out there. And once I finally realized that this is something that I really, really enjoy and how much anxiety I had uh, about going back and studying, I was like, I'm going to do this for a little longer.
1: Right, <laughs> And yeah. then I
2: just never stopped.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, so the I get most of that, but Wisconsin and gin—I don't get the connection there. What's the how, why is there mm-hmm. a gin camp in Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so there was a <laughs> um the the uh, a gin company that unfortunately is now discontinued called Death Store. They had um a gin program where they would fly us out to Wisconsin, um, and then we would pick juniper berries. And it was real cool because I'd never been to Wisconsin. They even took us to the Green Bay Stadium. It was real cool. Okay. But yeah, nice. they, they uh, took us around their facilities. They taught us um, how to make gin um, and the process. And we got to see everything. Uh, and it, picking the berries was like... It was... It, I I have much appreciation for people who do it because yeah. i don't know if you've ever picked juniper berries but they grow in prickly bushes and i could not do that <laughs>
1: all day. yeah that doesn't sound that fun uh, so at some point you like you you decide you're going to dedicate your career at least for the time being to doing this at what point did you start moving into sort of doing the virtual bartending was that during the pandemic or before that
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't when I first started it, I had no intention of actually doing it to make money. Mm -hmm. My original goal was to just kind of uh, update my resume, right? I knew social media could be used as a a platform for building your your, your personal brand and your personal profile. So uh, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to need to get a job at some point, right? So why, instead of just sitting here, twiddling my thumbs, I could be doing something to where I'm still working on my skills um, in terms of making cocktails, but also giving service by giving people education about cocktails, which is what, as a craft and cocktail bartender, um, you do a lot of, because people Mm. uh, expect you to know these things. So, um, and like through trial and error, like I said before, people would ask me questions and I'd Let's say I don't know but come back to me tomorrow and I'll know so yeah. I built up that knowledge and I needed to keep repeating it out loud to remember it so that was the original reason that I started doing it
1: interesting and so at what point does it start to take off for you and like like I assume that you've now monetized it and how did that happen
2: yeah so I think whew, it's it's been a couple years now <laughs> hmm. I think I just So I I believe there was a big project that was going on. Um, I can't remember the company, but there was a company that was hiring bartenders for a larger liquor company to do um, media, like create videos and uh, create recipes and things and write things uh, for publications. And uh, it was really about just putting money into our hands. So at that time, they were paying a lot. I think I got paid $1,000 to oh, make wow. uh, a, a real simple video had never had never really made a video for like social media yet I, or if I did it was just like for fun so when i realized that that was an option i was like i don't think i want to do anything else but this
3: yeah. and then <laughs> yeah
2: and then it's interesting because um so, um, my boyfriend actually got me a subscription to Masterclass this year, <laughs> and oh, nice. I was listening to. I don't know if you guys know who Elaine Walteroff is, but she was she's the the youngest uh, Condé Nast editor in chief. She was the editor in chief of uh, Teen Vogue. She's also um, a fellow Black woman, and she said that. Um, when you're looking for your purpose in life, uh, you kind of just have to look at your past and your past will give you like clues to why you do what you do now. And then I was thinking like, well, why do I like doing this so much? And I'm thinking about like what I used to do back in the day. Like I was a theater kid in high school, you know, I, I start, I've been uh, making YouTube videos since 2015. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is something that I've been, I've, I've showed myself, um, throughout my entire lifetime that this is something that I've, I've liked to do. And mm. I think that maybe if I, you know, maybe if I had explored this earlier in life, maybe I would, you know, maybe I would be in film and TV. You never know. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. I wouldn't have wasted my life, <laughs> <become> <laughs> Waste my life trying to become a doctor.
0: You hear that phrase too often. Wasted my life trying to become a doctor. You got to get that on a t-shirt. T- 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Well, uh, this is a good time to bring this up, actually, because obviously we follow your Instagram and the videos are awesome. So tell our uh, listeners where they can follow you.
2: Yeah, so you can follow me on my personal page. It's um, Janae, J-N-A-I dot A-N-G e-l-l-e that's my personal page i post a lot of uh, cocktail spirits education on there then you can also follow me on my business page i also teach uh, cocktail classes and i'm also opening up my first public classes this month i'm super excited about it and that page is um at pretty magic cocktails
1: nice and so the one thing i've noticed about following you on your page as well is you do a lot uh or at least for a stretch there you were doing some stuff about black history as well on mm-hmm. with with regards to cocktails, So explain a little bit about what was behind starting that, uh, sort of side project.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as the, as a black bartender, um, Mm. especially in New Orleans, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird experience because, um, when I first started out that first bar that hired me, I was one of the only black people that worked at that restaurant, maybe out of 20, uh, front of house staff, there were maybe three or four of us. And I was also the only African American behind the bar as well. So a lot of my experience, uh, in New Orleans as a active bartender, I've most of the time been the only black person behind the bar, which is strange because, um, not only is New Orleans, 60% African American, um, in reality, black people started the service industry. You know, we were the original service industry. And a lot of the, the popular cocktails today, like um, the mint julep, for example, the mint julep was actually popularized by black mixologists back in the day. And if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be sipping on, you know, mint juleps in Kentucky.
1: And then it quickly, quickly became just fucking drank by slave owners at horse races.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, there's but, a lot yeah. of history. Like, uh, for example, Uncle Nearest, the story of Uncle Nearest, the man who mm. taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Jack Daniels knew about that for years, but they didn't tell anybody.
1: Oh, and, wow. uh,
2: and it makes you think, like, how many stories like that are out there? Mm-hmm. somebody has to tell them so you know i just try to do my part
1: <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because i didn't start thinking about it until i started watching some of your videos and i was like wow like like you know when you're walking around new orleans and i, I mentioned to you before we started recording it's definitely my favorite city in the world and like we, like there is yeah it's clearly a majority black community but when you go to the bars especially in the french Quarter, it's all white people working
2: Hmm. yeah and yeah. most of them aren't even from new orleans
1: we have right. a lot. We're
2: a city of transplant transplants and a lot right. of even a lot of the, the black bartenders are not from New Orleans.
1: Hmm. Yeah, actually, it, it's funny because uh, when we before we started talking, I was too, like, oh, yeah, you were born and raised in New Orleans. And like you it's it's kind of like Vegas where or um L.A. where you rarely meet someone who was born and raised there is still living there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you've heard of programs like Turning Tables. Have you guys heard of Turning Tables? No. no. Uh, Turning Tables is actually a program that's been started by my friend Trey Folks. And it basically uh, focuses on high-quality cocktail spirits education for Black and brown people in the city. So oh. he does yearly classes and he takes about 10 students who are interested in becoming craft bartenders and he teaches them all kinds of classes i do classes with the program too i do a bartending 101 class and this class called choose your own path where basically i take them through my career from back in the day till now and show them that they they can ba- basically chart their own path through the uh, beverage industry they also get taught distilling by actual distillers they get taught you know Cocktail education from prominent BIPOC bartenders in the city, wine education—all these things that uh, we have very little access to in New Orleans.
1: Hmm. That's a, that's amazing. Is this issue more just centralized in the French Quarter where it's all fucking white people working, or is it like, or is would you say it's like even when you're getting in like Ninth Ward or whatever? Like, is it the same mm-hmm. issue?
2: I would say I wouldn't say I think it's localized to the the craft and classic bartending community so the high-end restaurants and bars it's mostly seen there because there is a decent and significant uh, black bar culture in new orleans but the cocktail i want to say the cocktail quality is drastically different you know because they don't possess that knowledge so um i feel like i believe black cocktail culture in new orleans is comfortable um, with what they know
3: Okay. Gotcha. But if you
2: achieve, if you want to know more and uh, see what else is out there, there's very little opportunity, and a lot of the bars in New Orleans won't hire you if you don't have that background education. Not many businesses are willing to educate you, like the business uh, that hired me was. So I was, I was an anomaly.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're in, like that. You're at sort of the forefront of this, especially with your like Instagram presence of like educating. Well, it's not like obviously solely directed at um african americans but like just anybody who's willing to take the knowledge in right but but i i think that there's probably something coming from like a strong black female voice that would probably draw more 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 black people to that sort of a, a an online class
2: Yeah, I do feel like when I was an active bartender, that people who look like me were a little more comfortable talking to me about things. And also the language that I had to use as a bartender was different from, you know, my white male counterparts. There were a few times where I I was I spent like five minutes trying to convince this person to get a cocktail, but they were committed to like misunderstanding me. You know, they didn't. They didn't really want to, to get that information from me. So I had a guy come over and you would be like, get it. It's great. And then in two seconds, they were like, okay. So I, I right. experienced a lot of that. So because of that, I learned a specific kind of service language to where I got respect from people, but they also appreciated the knowledge that I have. And I try to, you know, educate people. Um, I try to educate the public in that exact same way. I try to use easy to understand words and concepts. And I think, I think it translates really well. I feel like people are, um, it, it's easier for them to understand things. So, and a lot of the, co- most of the cocktails that I make on my page, you can actually um, order at bars. So when they go to bars and they ask for things, they're able to um, use, uh, you know, the proper language or they know how to explain themselves when they want these things.
1: Oh right, that's interesting. So as opposed to like you making your own specialty cocktail creations, you're kind of making cocktails that are uniform, uh, universally known, so that when mm-hmm. people when people actually go to bars, they can be like, "Oh, give me this." I saw Janae making it on Instagram or whatever.
2: Yeah, that's, absolutely.
1: Oh, interesting. That's smart. Yeah, and so you are very well spoken too. So give me a, an example of like when you were saying you had to sort of shift your way of speaking about cocktails like can you give us a more specific example
2: yeah what i learned is i kind i kind of had to come from a more more of a what i'm looking for kind of like i had to treat my customers more like my friend rather Uh, than my student mm -hmm. you know so instead of uh coming with authority i came with kind of like open arms so it would be more of like instead of Hey, here's a menu. This is what you're gonna like, or this, you know, these are the things that I think are good for you. It was more of like a hey, how are you today? These are the things that we offer. Let me know if you have questions or if you have problems deciding on what you want. And I would open up and be like, I have the knowledge for you uh, if you were willing to take it instead of trying to force it down their throats, which for some people works. Some people that authoritative service language works. But for me, it was just a little too much. So I think people respected me a lot more when I came as a friend rather than an authority in the space or um, as a complete authority.
1: I think that like, and I think you're right that a lot of people, there are some people out there looking for someone just to tell them what to do and what to drink and come across in an authoritative manner. But I think more bartenders could learn from that approach of like, because I think in general, people come into a bar don't want to be talked down to
3: yeah you you know Mm -hmm. what
1: i mean like they kind of want you to be like oh well here's what i think is cool and like i always try to tell um the people who work with me is just like ask them first what they usually like to drink and then and then go from there right and then you can recommend something like i i never understood the thing is like oh you're gonna like this i'm like what just because i like it doesn't mean you're gonna like it you know Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely
2: I wow. never understood it either. And a, a thing a lot of bartenders forget is that our, a lot of our customers are educated too. Mm-hmm. So you know they don't they don't need the whole spiel. They just they they have specific questions and then they expect spe- specific answers from you. You know, I want a gin cocktail that's refreshing and ha- and has uh, bubbles in it. What can you give me? You know,
1: right? Yeah. And so okay, so you're doing the the Instagram thing is like sort of your main. Would you say that's your main gig now?
2: I so I would say my uh my job is two parts. I do the social yeah. media, and then I also do the cocktail classes. So right. I'm currently yeah. building the cocktail class business. It's something I kind of just put to the side the past year because you know I was doing a lot of traveling. I did ten events at <laughs>
3: Tail. Right. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah, yeah, doing
2: yeah. that this year. So now, uh, this not year, with I'm that I'm attitude, saying, you're not. <laughs> oh, look, look, I could, <laughs> but I I can't. I don't even think I slept. 20 hours that week <laughs> uh,
1: yeah it was crazy i, I
2: don't yeah. think i think i maybe averaged three hours a night I
1: mean, <laughs> oh was, man
2: that was too much that was too much
1: well i even remember when i met up with you for a drink that day and we did that quick interview you were like yeah i'm gonna go to, i have a party to go to in like seven hours from now and yeah. i'm like oh, i don't know i'm gonna be asleep by then like <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. like
2: oh when can i when can i just not go <laughs> yeah.
1: but you're also currently working at what's the bar tonique
2: Oh, yes. Bartani. Yeah, I've, yep. I've transitioned out a little bit, but I'm still on the roster. So you, if you do come to New Orleans and you want to see me there, I might be there. Um, mm-hmm. I probably might pick up some shifts there um, during Tales of the Cocktail because they'll need help. Uh, but no, I'm just doing um, social media and growing the cocktail business at the moment.
1: That's amazing. So, talk to us a little bit, because uh, I think a lot of the people listening to this show would like to know how you go about building this sort of online presence to the point where you can just make a living off of it. How, like, how what 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 would be your tips?
2: I think the biggest thing is consistency. Being consistent is the most fastest way to grow on social media, specifically like the the scrolling apps, So like Instagram, TikTok, being consistent on there will help to grow you an audience. Also being authentic. Uh, don't try to, you know, copy people. When I look for video inspiration, I usually look um, at videos created by people who aren't bartenders for, um, for inspiration. Also, uh, identifying your audience and identifying, uh, making a clear kind of idea of, um, who you're creating content for and what kind of content. Um, you want to create. So for example, me personally, my content is easy to understand cocktail and spirits education. And most, um, if not all the recipes on my channel, you can actually order at a bar. So they usually have the ingredients that I feature in my cocktails. And in terms of my ideal um, audience, it would be beginner bartenders as well as uh, beginner cocktail enthusiasts and um, home tenders.
1: Right. So the key is to target it sort of like like have a very clear idea. And this is the same as like for my business opening bars, is like you have to have a clear idea of what your target audience is and stick to that because if you try and do everything for all people, it just gets mm-hmm. it gets away from you.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you're first starting out, it's super okay to just do everything and trying to like uh, trial and error and see what pops off and what doesn't. And, you know, try to find a medium between there because my, I think my videos are great, but some of them don't do too really really too well because maybe, you know, an Instagram video was meant more for TikTok or something I posted on TikTok was meant more for Instagram. So it's about, you know, just trying everything.
1: Right. And like, do you have sort of a formula on, based on like you post more on Instagram or more on TikTok or like, how, like how do you sort that out?
2: Oh, gosh, I wish
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wish I was there. I have friends who, who are, are that good at it. But, you know, I just I at this point, I do what I can. <laughs> right,
3: yeah. Because so, now
2: once you get to a point where you're, you know, you're working with actual companies, you kind of have to prioritize um, their content over the content that you want to make. And then there's also sometimes you want to make content that people actually don't want to watch. So it's like, right. do I make the content people want to watch or do I make what I want? to make. Mm-hmm. So it's uh no, but I try to, I do try to be consistent. I try to uh, post at least two to three times a week. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I just need a little break, which is okay. Cause social media is a lot, especially when you are on there for money. It's a lot. Um, and yeah. comparison is real. But I, um, I try to make uh, seasonally seasonally inspired content. So I try to make videos that people are searching for. So like it's March, so it's Women's History Month. I'm going to feature some women's cocktails, and St. Patty's Day is going to be in a few days, so I'm going to be making some green cocktails too.
0: Right. Nice. Now with the two platforms, Instagram and TikTok, do you have any a lot of insight into demographics at all? Like who, like. Are they very similar between the two, or is, it, or is it radically different? Do you find?
2: Yeah, I I I think that they are individually two different beasts, but I think <laughs> I think that they require different things too. I'm better yeah. at Instagram than I am at TikTok, but it's a lot easier to grow on TikTok. So I'm going to be diving oh, okay. into that um, a lot. TikTok, I b- I believe, is more geared towards super personal content. So if you want to talk a lot about yourself and you know uh, bartending from your like. Perspective at home, or maybe you're at the bar and you're doing a live stream, and you like doing stuff like that. That's perfect for TikTok. My videos are a little more uh, preachy and kind of like, uh, you know, this is this is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it works well on Instagram in in very short, short form. I can't go on there, you know, going on a monologue. But those kind of videos work on YouTube. So it's all about. Um, oh. you know, figuring out which platform is perfect for you. So, I'll start, I'll be starting a YouTube channel this year. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's <laughs> But crazy. yeah,
2: they're, they're definitely, they definitely require different kinds of content.
1: It's uh-huh. a lot to think about. Like, that, that's very interesting how, like, yeah, TikTok's very geared towards very short stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, short time. Like, I, I'm not on TikTok, I'm too old for that shit. But, like, uh, <laughs> but, but I, from what I understand, it's like short. Videos and then yeah. so Instagram slightly longer, YouTube longer than that.
2: Yeah, and people are being on TikTok. I made one video about bourbon, and everybody came for me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, really? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got so many mean comments on TikTok. Nobody said anything on Instagram. So be careful uh, if you uh,
1: whiskey are whiskey nerds are well actually if you're like kind of a geek for any sort of oh. spirit or wine or whatever like they're just it's the same as like being like really into a certain comic book like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean like that they they're mm-hmm. way, they're a little too into it and like very eager to judge
2: yeah absolutely i you know. survived
1: though <laughs> <laughs> you're still kicking you're still kicking <laughs> well this has been awesome Janae. thanks so much for coming on we appreciate you and uh yeah best of luck in everything you're doing take it easy this year at tales mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: oh i'm gonna try yeah gonna try. <laughs> thanks y'all for having me this is great i really appreciate y'all
1: no thanks again and uh obviously all of janae's info will be available in the show notes you can follow her and and look out for all the new shit she's doing on youtube and with the new classes thanks again and next time in new orleans i'm going to hit you up figure out where you're bartending
2: all right looking forward to it
1: okay good to see you place nice time Okay, and we're back with our, well, I don't know, we used to call it monthly, but, you know, people got busy and I don't even know how often we're doing it right now, but we're back with the lovely and talented Yelena Anter joining us for her semi-regular writer. regular. <laughs>
4: Semi-regular. Yeah. I I like that. Semi-regular. Semi-regular. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to see you guys.
1: Yeah, you too. It's been a while. Yeah, Thanks very much. See you again. So you've been on the road (laughs) like crazy. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about your most recent travels and what you were up to.
4: Yeah, I've been on the road a lot. I basically am traveling probably three weeks out of a month. So, And especially for this year, 2023, We have so much on our agenda with marketing, marketing the product, uh, cocktail vision, and uh, anything to do with mixology and bartending. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just came back. Our latest trip was to New Mexico. Uh, There I was actually for a chocolate fantasy experience, uh, raising money for uh, the Natural History and Science Museum but we showcased, uh, just a just delicious cocktail. It was a chocolate martini. And, um, one of our sponsors was Um delicious liqueur, uh, chocolate liqueur, which I think you you've tried in New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they sponsored the cocktail and we had a new product. You, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but Rimlix is one of our newest products.
3: (laughs) Sounds about right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like me, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So we had a beautiful presentation with caramelized cocoa nibs, vanilla Rimlix, and um, another new product that's coming out probably in the next couple of weeks, right, before the restaurant, bar and restaurant show in Las Vegas. They are chocolate cocktail charms, and they're fully customizable you can put any kind of message uh you want on them logo or just like something funny and they go just on the side of a cocktail glass
3: oh, so actually really?
4: by yeah so actually by the time this episode airs we're probably gonna have it ready to go oh nice so uh, and so excited. Y-
1: and so that's kind of going to be your main thing at the bar and restaurant show
4: Rimlicks and cocktail yeah, charms.
1: And cocktail. <laughs> okay, so talk to us a little bit about the. I've been to the Vegas bar and restaurant show once, and it's like a crazy whirlwind. Like you just go into that giant warehouse-like set, sort of setting, and I don't know. Like the one day, I just remember it being all booze. That all people, uh-huh. like, yeah.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's know? a bar and restaurant show after all. Like a little right. more bar, a little less restaurant, right? Yeah. Oh, did Did you go before pandemic or yeah. after? before, before yeah. pandemic so last year was pretty quiet it wasn't it was okay but it was pretty quiet but we are hoping that this year is going to be just absolutely through the roof mm-hmm. um so they separated a nightclub and bar for uh-huh. some reason so it's just bar and restaurant but we're excited we in the main area with all the brands and you know we have a nice nice booth i wish you guys were coming out check check us out
1: and you at least get to be home for a change
4: so the funny thing (laughs) is i okay i'm going next week i'm going to montana then i'm home for one week we have the show the march 27th 28th and 29th i'm home for one day on the 30th and then we fly out to boston oh wow yeah for another week
1: for a week in boston what's Mm -hmm. what's that show
4: you know, I think it's restaurant. I don't uh, think it's, I think it's restaurant, but you know, anything restaurant always includes beverage, right? Sure, You're not going to yeah. have a restaurant without serving a cocktail or at least wine. So it's going to be, it's still going to be good. Maybe yeah, not yeah. as exciting as Vegas, but it's going to be good. Plus, I don't think I've ever been to Boston. I'm excited to go.
1: Uh, I love Boston. <laughs> Okay, so talk to us a little bit more about the Vegas show. Like uh, when I was there, I remember the first day it was very focused on like people with new spirit brands. So, mm-hmm. so like I remember walking out at like two o'clock in the afternoon, being absolutely hammered because it was uh-huh. just like yeah. And then the next day it was more like product stuff. So you didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was like more trade show oriented. Is that still the way it works generally, or?
4: You know, you should ask me that question after the show. Okay, it's,
1: it's <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, should yeah. Mm-hmm. we should
4: we should plan another date for post show uh little episode, so I can tell you guys how it all went. But last year we did not we did not have a booth. We just kind of walked it and looked around. Uh, yes, there's a lot of tasting, and like halfway yeah. through the show, you write about two o'clock in the afternoon. You are oof, need some coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you definitely need a but, nap. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you can come back. Right. Um, But as far as I understand, uh, a lot of interesting brands and supporting brands as well, not just spirits, but a lot of mixers, a lot of some garnishing probably will be there. I know Fresh Origins are going to be there with the flowers and like little, I don't know, like little sprouts to put on your cocktails.
1: <laughs> right.
4: A few people reached out to me. They're planning on being there, but I will tell you more about it after the show.
1: That's fair. I remember the year that I was there, it it was very big on like uh, cannabis-infused liquor and liqueurs. That was huge the year that I was there. And then none of them Uh, really I ever heard of again, so I don't know.
4: (laughs) You know uh, why? Because you're not technically supposed to mix the liquor, the spirits, and uh, cannabis, Right. I I think they have a whole section on mixers and syrups and extracts and tinctures And uh, this year, as far as I understand. And what else Vegas is working on is, so we have a bunch of dispensaries, obviously, here. I think this will be the first year where they will be opening up lounges, where they can actually serve cannabis-infused cuisine, including drinks but as far as i understand none of it will be uh will include any alcohol so it would have to uh, be like h- high tails i don't know what would they call them like
3: yeah. <laughs> instead mock-tales? of uh,
4: they're not yeah. Yeah. Hi- because that's boring. Yeah. like high tails right gotcha, because gotcha. mocktails are boring but yeah. <laughs> so yeah i guess maybe when you were here they were still mixing it with alcohol and then yeah
1: yeah, but I don't yeah. think that they were. Like, they, I think most of them were from like Colorado. But oh, okay, yeah. Did yeah,
4: uh, so, did you try? Did you try mixing it?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, they like, were. They, yeah, we tried a bunch of those shots, and they were like, uh, like they, it, it tasted like uh, marijuana for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh uh-huh. Nothing like
0: and, having uh, the shot of skunk. Hey? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like that's why by two
4: p.m. you were done.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> why. Yeah, that's why.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. Don't blame they, it on alcohol. No, it on yeah, alcohol. <laughs> a,
1: never alcohol's fault. Nothing's ever been alcohol's fault. <laughs> no. They, they also had like the nightclub thing when I was there, and they like mm-hmm. I remember there was one section where it was just like glitter guns and like <laughs> yeah, like weird, weird nightclub shit, like strobe lights, like the uh-huh, section for uh-huh. that, yeah, which just kind of made it fun at the time. So it's too bad that they sort of uh,
4: they separated uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well it's still you still get it can get drunk and high and yeah. have fun right <laughs> Yeah.
1: well we'll have you back on again next month and we'll try and do this more regularly again while everybody got busy but uh so we can check in with you after all these shows before we let you go in this little mini interview oscars are coming up how are you feeling about austin butler and uh the elvis movie
4: oh it's so funny (laughs) i was just watching it today i think i've seen it probably a hundred times i don't know by now i've seen it okay so yeah i know you you almost (laughs) your drink i've seen it four times in the theaters i'm a huge fan seriously (laughs)
3: yeah and
4: now i i have it at work just kind of like playing in the background it's fun i can i kind of look over and here he is.
0: His beautiful face. <laughs> and then we can see right behind your shoulder there on the wall as well. Oh, yeah. you Can Can you
4: see? Oh, right. my yeah. Elvis? <laughs> this is my Elvis room. Here's another one. Oh, oh, shit. oh
0: wow.
1: Okay. So if Austin <laughs> Butler does not win the Oscar for playing Elvis, how big is your temper tantrum going to be?
4: I will have to um I guess start drinking or something. Yeah. Like maybe some yeah. of those some of those tinctures or oh, yeah. <laughs> You're
0: burning, I don't know. gonna burn down the Vegas strip.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no Vegas strip. No, I will have to do something to the Universal Studios. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. This is how ignorant I am. Uh, I don't know where the movie was filmed, but
1: uh, yeah, Are you guys right. gonna watch it? Uh, I don't really watch the Oscars but I will yeah. I will check in the next day and if the, and if he doesn't win then I will send you a sympathy message
4: okay yeah <laughs> okay, and, okay, and okay. some spirits to follow with that that's right, right. yeah we'll, we'll mail
1: you so like a shot
4: yeah. <laughs> okay how's yeah. that
1: yeah. <laughs> All right Elena yeah. thanks as always and we will check in with you hopefully next month we'll get this Let's right eventually it. yeah okay Hey, thanks are again. you going
4: to are you uh, sorry to interrupt no. are you going to New Orleans? tails
1: this year? Uh, It's funny. We just finished an interview with Janae Angel on the same episode who is from New Orleans and is very involved with the Tales of the Cocktail thing. So I'm not sure. I would like to, but mm-hmm. I might be opening another new spot. So that might be an issue.
4: Mm-hmm. So we'll but, have to visit you one of those days. Huh? That's
1: right. Yeah, you guys should come up here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, I feel like we keep talking about it. So yeah. well, one
4: day, one day will happen. Yeah. Just open a new place now. Okay. Hurry up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elena. Thanks again. All
4: right. Good to see you Let's
1: guys. Here. Yeah.
4: Let's Bye. Here.